Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Non-Contact Time podcast about all things educational, hosted by Hannah and Kath. Hannah is a Manchester-based curriculum leader of music who has worked in many different contexts and who keeps me sane on busy school days. She has media, business and enterprise experience. She's been a teaching and learning coach and mentored many training teachers and NQTs. She plays a mean piano, but always astounds me with her musical abilities on so many instruments. Thanks, Kath. Kath is a teacher from Australia who has worked overseas and in a variety of cities around the UK. She's currently an examiner and curriculum leader of art with SLT training and experience. The best thing about working with Kath is she's always willing to go down to the pub for cake and wine after a tough day or just after a day. After a day. Sometimes we don't even need to have a tough day to want cake. Although we're both creative teachers, we are here to talk about all things educational. So we want to hear from every single subject out there, whether you're in primary education or higher education. And we're going to talk about things in the media and we're going to talk about your stories. So, Hannah, what's on the agenda today? Well, Kath, our first item on the agenda is data and we're looking at information from the news today. In our data segment, we're going to talk about some of the articles and online tweets by Lord Adonis. So the first tweet tweet I thought we could look at is the one that says, I have expressed my serious concern at this situation. The school is dismissing the best practice of many state and private schools, which are providing at least some live teaching activities and whose pupils will end this crisis with a much better education. So he seems to think that if we're doing online Zoom lessons to students, that is a much better environment than actually what we're providing, or some schools are providing at the moment, which is um, other types of lessons. So what do you think? What do I think? Um, It's a really interesting one, because I know um, we're not actually doing Zoom lessons. You're not doing Zoom lessons, are you, Hannah? No. And I'm not doing Zoom lessons. And when we've talked about it with um, teachers within our organisations and our friends, a lot of schools have chosen not to do Zoom lessons because of safeguarding. 
Absolutely. I think the safeguarding of the pupils and staff particularly um, on, in an online situation is, is the unknown. If you're not very technical or you've never used these online apps before like Zoom, then there is potential for people to infiltrate those lessons. And without any, any training or any notice, it's really difficult to ask somebody to host an online lesson when they don't really know the parameters of the software fully. That's so true. And it's interesting because before lockdown, we were discouraged from using social media and online learning platforms for lessons because of safeguarding. There was all these rules and guidelines on how to use it safely. And then overnight, it just became an expectation. So we went from being told, no, you should never use this to now everyone should use it, which is kind of scary. But also it's such a massive shift in the way you've got to think about your lessons. Absolutely. We're recording this on Zoom now. You can record the video and audio. But how do you know that students aren't recording you and using those images? Because we we've been told not to go onto social media and, and things like Facebook and make sure everything's really private if we do. Mm. Um, and there's many occasions of people I've known or people in the press who've had their photo screenshotted and used in a fake profile by a student to mock the teacher. And it's not a situation that you want to be in. Oh my gosh, could you imagine if you got an invite from your teacher, who you thought was the teacher, and invited <laughs> to a Zoom lesson that was actually being held by someone completely horrible. So I've got an example of the Zoom bombing where people have kind of put on fake profiles and um, use them in a really horrible way. I'm not gonna name the actual Instagram account because they've um, had some issues from the press, but I went on to this I was following someone on Instagram, a local company, and they did a um, online event for their client. And partway through their event, they were Zoom bombed. And this is a quote from their Instagram account. The person who Zoom bombed them started to share the foulest, most repugnant and haunting images anyone could possibly wish to see. The darkest parts of society in the internet were invasively forced upon us. So this, this was an event for adults. So adults would be able to go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. We know that the people running this event didn't do this. But imagine if children were exposed to that kind of imagery. It's just horrible. It is when, you've got, when there's no way to regulate it as a member of staff who's hosting that event it's a scary oh. thought to think that you're in charge of safeguarding for that group of young people and you haven't got access to all the information that you need or the security that you need because you're relying on a third-party site that's not verified it's, yeah absolutely I think a lot of it as well comes down to for me is timing so if you've got a parent at home who's children how can you ensure that every child is able to access those live online lessons if you've only got access to maybe one laptop or um, mm. you know one, one piece of software, it's really difficult for those people at home, especially when they're working on laptops as well and parents are at home yeah. doing their work, to make sure that their children are online at the right time, using the correct equipment. It's just With the right passwords, with the right security, making sure their child is safeguarded. There's a lot more to online lessons than just setting up a Zoom and inviting your students to come on board. I totally agree. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned the um, equipment because I think Lord Adonis is talking from a very privileged background. He's probably had a very good education. He writes quite eloquently. So I imagine that he has quite a high education. So his experience of working with children or working with students is probably of someone who has multiple 
technology pieces of equipment in their home. But there are homes that only have a laptop or a phone and those students are going to be trying to fight to use that one piece of advice, one device in the home. So I think all of the kind of financial aspects of using technology need to be taken into consideration. Absolutely. And if you think a couple of weeks ago, we were hearing in the press that MPs were given £10,000 to set up a home office so that they could work from home. And they're some of the most privileged people in society who probably earn three, uh, sorry, six figure salaries. And then you've got parents, some single parents, um, you know, there might be two parents in that household on really low paid jobs. Um, How are they going to afford to buy every child in their household a laptop so that they can be online learning all day, every day, as well as them working from home on laptops? Uh, It's just crazy to think the amount of that that would cost. I know. So we we looked at um, emails from schools that we know of and we've seen how many schools have actually tried to give out as much technology as they possibly can. I know one school, um, I had read an email from them saying um, that they'd actually given out every single piece of technology that they had for lockdown so there's nothing left and we have no money. There's no money coming into these budgets to then replace that equipment if something goes wrong at home, if those children accidentally break it, if they get robbed. There's all these things that can go wrong but that you know schools are trying to do the best that they can. I think it's really hard as well to say you know we're doing our best. We, we got notice of about a weekend that this was going to happen so over a weekend schools were required to get whatever technology was needed for they asked all the teachers to plan the lessons so that students could do online lessons and then obviously there's their contact with home and making sure that students are okay and they're getting supported with all of their work and we're doing welfare checks and things like that but at the end of the day we can only do so much and everything is at the moment centered around making sure those children are safe making sure that they've got access to the things that they need and then the teachers are supporting them you know via email or via amazing resources like show my homework i think it's really important to to bear that in mind that we have only had a weekend to sort it all out initially it's so true so it was only a weekend I forgot it seems so long ago now I forgot that it was only a weekend I think also Lord Adonis isn't really thinking about anyone that's actually going through bereavement either because if you're at home and you've just lost your grandparent your mother your aunt someone really close to you the ability to be able to access online learning is going to be diminished like severely diminished and we've had a huge number of people die from the coronavirus we've got to then support these students and say do you know what if you are grieving or you've got someone at home that's ill or something's going on that's really horrible you need time out to be able to deal with that and have the space to be able to do that and I think saying you have to be online at this time (laughs) imagine being like completely overwhelmed and then having to go on zoom and see all your peers and it's not an ideal situation at all (laughs) no definitely not I don't think I'd like that as an adult never mind as a child I mean for zoom calls that I've been having with colleagues and things like that you feel a duty it's like you've got to get you've got to get yourself out your dressing gown you've got to get you know sort yourself out make sure that you look presentable make sure that you've got all your information ready and unless there's somebody at home or a very conscientious student especially the younger ones they're going to need a lot of support 
And if parents have gone through, like you said, a bereavement, the, the whole family is going to be in mourning. They're not going to want to, you know, sort all this kind of stuff out. It's not their priority at that time. Absolutely not. Um, so I hope that's uh, addressed a lot of what Lord Adonis has said in his tweet. Um, Lord Adonis, I hope you're getting some online learning at home as well. I hope you're getting access to it because I know it's very, very important to you. So um, let's talk about some of the logistics of teaching and learning online in our teaching and learning section of our podcast. How have you been finding online learning so far? It's got you know benefits and drawbacks for me because I'm a music teacher and a music specialist I find this type of learning is going to really impact the the progress of students in the future because they can't access well a lot of students don't have access to instruments at home I think their practical skills are going to suffer so the the learning that I've been sending them has been as practical as possible but if they've just not got access to those instruments that's a massive gap that I'm going to have to make up when they come back into school if we're allowed to carry on playing on instruments and things and sharing equipment when we get back. I think you're being modest because you've also given students the opportunity to participate in an orchestral, well, singing an orchestral arrangement. Use it. Was it using videos that we had to send you? Yeah, so I have been doing loads of practical things as well. There's two kind of sides to the work that I've been setting. So one side is the theory, the listening um, and all that kind of important work. But then on the flip side, as much practical activity as I can. And the students have got a choice. So if they haven't got the practical instruments at home, they can do some, some of the theory stuff. But a lot of the practical things that I have set is to do with things like junk percussion, singing, things that they've all got access to. So like you mentioned, we've done the um, coronavirus ensemble, the social distancing ensemble. So I've sent out some tutorials to students on how to play or sing along with a certain song and they're submitting their videos to me and we've turned it into a whole school ensemble. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed participating in that. And then you put resources on YouTube, which were really easy to follow. And then we had to record ourselves and then send them to you. And it, it does take a lot of like knowledge of technology to be able to do all of those things. And I, I think um, what students are being able to do and what they're being able to submit is pretty impressive, actually, under the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't matter whether it, it sounds amazing or it, it just sounds okay. It's the taking part that counts. And obviously yeah. I will edit it all so it all sounds brilliant all together. But I think students, while they're at home, while they've not got the peer pressure around them, I've had a lot more voice files sent through of people singing and students who I didn't even think had the confidence to sit there and send me something have been you know, really forthcoming in the, in the sending of, of them singing or taking part in musical activities. And it's really nice to see that they're enjoying it and they're doing really well. Yeah, I've had the same. I've had a few emails from students who've gone, here's the work that you've set. Um, for me, it's they've got to send me photos of their progress and I give them lots of tasks to choose from so that they've got a bit of a choice because they don't have access to much at home in the way of art equipment, same as you. Um, but I had some students send me things going, 
I know I, I was supposed to only send you <laughs> the work that you sent, but I've also sent some other things as well. And they've been really lovely to see as well, because I do want to see students being able to engage with a subject that they're interested in beyond the curriculum. And I think that's really important. I think we forget that just because we've set work doesn't mean that they're not accessing things beyond the curriculum. And if we're setting things like go and watch this video on how to do this or um, go and do this quiz on this artist, then they get then going to it's going to lead them to other bits of information which is actually going to enrich their curriculum anyway absolutely and i think that's really important because we're so preoccupied with gcse's and results and sats and things like that as a teacher i think it's really important that we can kind of break away from that and start talking about how to enrich them and make them really love their learning again some of the things that you've been setting to make them enjoy what they're doing they really do enjoy the tasks that you've been setting and that you've had great engagement from it yeah I've been setting these um, art challenges and I've got to send a big shout out to um, the art and design GCSE groups and the NSCAD Facebook groups um, they've been sharing these amazing resources so I've just adapted some of those for the students and they've absolutely loved these daily challenges and I just keep getting photos sent through we actually had some photos being sent through while we were trying to record before and I um, was showing Hannah what they were doing and it's amazing what they're doing and I love that they're enjoying what they're doing because I think that's an important part of their education at the moment absolutely because they'll further their knowledge then if they enjoy something they'll really dig deep and embed you know their knowledge and understanding of that subject because they'll keep wanting to do it over and over again and I found that setting some things to do with music it might be quite ambiguous it might be sing a song of a, a that belongs to a band that have broken up that you wish were back together and I'm getting oh. hundreds of one direction <laughs> 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 Uh, it's not driving me crazy but it's really nice because then they're researching a little bit more into music and they're finding out about the context of some of these bands and whether it's One Direction or whoever you know they're they're really engaged with it and that's the purpose isn't it just to get them engaged and, and enjoying it and I bet it's happening in other subjects as well. I bet it's not just our subjects. I bet there's students who are engaging with English and then going, oh, I want to read this book. Because I know I've been doing a bit more reading during lockdown. So I imagine students will be reading, not necessarily in the traditional way that we did of paper books, <laughs> but they might be like listening to audiobooks or engaging with articles that they hadn't read before or finding poetry. I saw some examples of poetry written by students about lockdown um, a couple of days ago and they're quite um, quite touching and really thoughtful and quite beautiful and I imagine that they're doing that out of enjoyment for a subject rather than just they've been told to do it. Yeah absolutely and a lot of the things you've sent me through some really good stuff to do with Netflix and um, different films and tv shows to do with certain subjects and I think this whole snobbery of reading from a book is the most you know important form of literature it's it's just not there are so many things out there for students to access and if they love watching films why not let them watch a film yeah. critically analyze it that way instead of having to read through a book that they might struggle with reading or whatever it might yeah. be however they access that that part of the curriculum I think it was actually it was it was actually really um it was actually a better way of introducing them to my subject because all the videos and movies I directed them towards were all about work-related learning. Mm-hmm. So when we're just when we're talking about what jobs you can do 
from art GCSE, which most students go, I could be an artist or an art teacher <laughs> like you. And that's about it. Um, but there's there's some great like TV shows, um, Glow Up, which is on the BBC, which is about makeup okay. artists um, or emerging makeup artists, I should say. But there's parts of the program where they have to do drawings of their design and they have to do mood boards and there are all the sorts of things that we do in our subject anyway. Um, so it was really quite powerful being able to go, actually, go and watch all this stuff yeah. where people actually use art in different contexts. And if these are the kind of jobs you want to do, then maybe you should choose this subject for next year. Because I think, um, I know Lord Adonis was talking about online learning, but we've not just been doing learning, we've been doing planning, we've been doing, we've had to guide students through a pathways process from the internet, which is really difficult. Well, I've actually enjoyed putting together my pathways stuff this year, um, but it can be really difficult. And um, I think, and we've also been doing data analysis. There's a lot of stuff that we've been doing behind the scenes that's not necessarily tweeted on a day-to-day -day basis. Like I know that both of us have had meetings with SLT over the phone talking about things that are gonna happen, talking about GCSE grades. We've been doing a lot more than just setting some work online and then sitting in the sun sunbathing. <laughs> and we're quite lucky because um, for me, I've got nobody at home to rely on, to, who relies on me. So I don't have any time restrictions whereas if you were a teacher and both of your or a number of your children are at home or you've got to care for parents or anything like that then fitting in not just teaching but also everything else that comes with being a teacher you know planning um, all the data all the meetings it's just really challenging at this time yeah I actually did my SLT meeting over the phone while homeschooling so <laughs> that was <laughs> That was a new experience for me. <laughs> There's no uh, information to say teaching via a live app such as Zoom creates better results because we just don't know. We've never ever... We just don't know. Well, I'm just going to read a couple of things from the NEU because um, for those people who are not sure whether their children are getting the right education, um, the union has advised that it's only two to three hours a day of learning. So um, it doesn't have to be a full day of teaching. It hasn't been recommended a full day of teaching because we've got to also take into consideration the students are going to have some stress because they're not around their friends and um, it's a really scary time. And for children, they need some time to process those emotions as well. Um, that we're not expected as teachers to mark the work, that we are, we're not supposed to be experimenting with new technology um, because obviously experimentation at this time isn't going to work. Um, they suggested that we provide a list of flexible tasks that cover different areas of the curriculum and allow pupils to choose the tasks that interest them, which I know Hannah has shared, you've shared yours on Twitter, haven't you? Yes, Your... um, marginal gain sheet, which I pinched from somebody else who'd done it for GCSE a couple of years ago. And it yeah. was so fantastic, I thought I'm gonna have to do this. So it involves a hundred tasks and each task probably takes the student between 30 minutes and however long it you know they want to take so some of them are composition tasks some of them are performance tasks some of them are written tasks um, and they really do enjoy it they can choose whichever task they want to complete so whatever equipment they've got at home or what they like to enjoy they enjoy to do they can choose to do um, you're doing okay. something quite similar aren't you 
Yeah, I am. I've I've done a long term project, and I've told them to dip in and out, and um, they only had to submit their best pieces of work, um, which some of them wrote to me and went. I don't like any of my work. I just said, well, just your best one out of all of the tasks that you've done. But it's just in case like something's happened at home, like a bereavement um, or they've had illness in the family because that will happen. So I've done something yeah, very similar. And again, I pinched resources from one of the Facebook, the fantastic Facebook groups out there and then just adapted the resources for the students that I teach. Mm, absolutely. It's really, really important. I think that that flexible task has been for me a lifesaver because the students aren't get aren't disengaged they're quite engaged because they can choose what they want to do mm. and we were just saying before we were talking before the podcast about how we're planning going forward because this morning I spent my entire morning planning new work for my year nines because um, we're not sure what's going to happen with them and I literally had to plan in parallel so I have the same resource planned two different ways planned if they're going to do it purely online or whether they're going to do it in school and I'm going to see them face to face with some of the time being at home so that kind of planning is also happening in the background I think so I'm just going to um, wrap up kind of our teaching and learning of online learning. I know there's lots of people doing great things. So if you've got any stories or examples or you want to give a shout out to a teacher that's done an amazing job of online learning, because I know Hannah and I have seen each other's work and we think we're pretty great. Well, I think Hannah's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, so if you've heard of any really good online resources, we'd really love to hear about it. Or any teachers doing a really good job of online learning, we'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. But one of, one of the things that the um, union has said, um, and I'm going to read the quote because I think it's important for parents to understand that this is the guidance we've been given. So I know Lord Adonis is making these comments and lots of people are making comments, but we've actually got guidance that we've got to follow. And it says, if schools have a system set up for online lessons, these should be kept to a minimum as interaction needed between teacher and pupils in school is high and cannot be easily replicated for young audiences. Any school which carries out Online lessons must have protocols in place to protect staff and safeguard the pupils and no teacher should be expected to carry out any online teaching with which they feel uncomfortable or in the absence of agreed protocols. And I think that's really important. It's very clear that if you didn't have these protocols in place beforehand, then you shouldn't be doing it because you have to keep yourself safe and the children safe. That's like our number one priority at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So, Hannah, what's um, our third agenda item today? Well, our third agenda item is pupils causing concern. So I thought this would be a great time to talk about all the funny emails that we've been getting every five minutes from students who want <laughs> our help. And that's all I've been doing today, just replying to emails. So I'll let you go first. Um, I think my favourite email that I've gotten from students is... Um, which task are we supposed to be doing again? Because I know um, we've both been giving students uh, options of what to do, but I kind of have a guidance like week one, you probably should be doing this, we can do them in any order. And then by week two, this is where you should be up to, this is where you should be working. So when they go, where are we supposed to be up to again? I always just want to go, just read the instructions again, <laughs> week P and get back to me if you don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> 
I feel the same. I got um, I sent a questionnaire out to some of the students to find out how their learning is going, how they're enjoying things, what what kind of things do they like to do, what are they struggling with, and a student just sent me back with no explanation, just a screenshot of um, just the, the first page on SurveyMonkey. And when I emailed him back and was like, "What you know, what, what's going on? What's this screenshot about?" And he just, he just has not replied. So I'm really curious as to why he's just sent me a random screenshot of a of a web page. <laughs> Um, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, one of my um, favorite messages I got from another teacher, we were just talking about uh, what it's like to do online learning. And um, they said that they were using on, uh, Google Classrooms, except they described it as Google fucking Classroom. And I said, well, <laughs> is Google Classroom not a good, a good platform? And she said, oh, no, the platform's great. It's just I get lots of stupid questions like... Um, what questions do we do and um, what's my login again? <laughs> That's the most common one. How do I get on? We're in week seven. What do you mean, how do you get on? weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favourite is when they said, how do I get onto this? Because they actually have to go on to, our, well, the one we're using, they have to get onto the platform to ask us the question in the first yeah. place, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, you know how you sent me that message? It's in the same place, my love. Just <laughs> go and look again in the instructions. Brilliant. Uh, uh, I do miss our students though. Like I said to you earlier, I've gotten so many great pictures and last week I actually got so many images that I thought were amazing that I just sent them through to all the staff because um, it's nice to see what they're doing. It's nice to see what the students are doing. And I do miss the funny comments that they make on a daily best basis. I do feel like we're missing out on those. Yeah, I've got a lack of stories because I don't actually speak to them on a, <laughs> on a minute, minute basis. Usually I've got loads of them. <laughs> I know, I agree. Absolutely agree. They, the students are so funny. I don't think that anyone that doesn't work in a school understands how amusing some of our students can be and sometimes it's to make fun of us and sometimes it's to make fun of themselves or sometimes they say something silly and then they catch themselves and go oh my favorite is that when you get a really like tough boy who's in year nine and he's difficult to reach and he sits at the back of the classroom and he's got his hand up and you don't look at him straight away so he shouts mum and then (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite it obviously happens to everyone but it happens to everyone. Uh, do you know what? I never make fun of them when that happens. I just answer them like I am their mother. I know how mortified they must feel when they say mum because we've all done it, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. It's Did you do it at school? Probably, but it's worse when they call me dad. I've had that a couple of times. <laughs> I don't that know is why much, that is. <laughs> that is much, much worse. <laughs> granddad, yeah, or grandma, just, just mum and dad. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, end with a little quote from Amped Up Learning. I thought this was a great quote. Think about it. Almost overnight, principals and teachers throughout this nation are now leading virtual schools and teaching virtual classes with hardly any guidance, just a few hours of planning and little to no training, all while continuing to teach. And somehow it got done and done well. Tell me one other profession that can make that happen at such a massive scale in such little time. Hashtag teachers rock. So if you've got a shout... 
I love it too. Um, if you've got a shout out for a teacher, um, you want to say something lovely about a teacher because we're all about positivity on our podcast. Um, we'd love to hear it. Do we, you have any other business, Hannah? No, I think that's it. I think all the stuff online that I've seen just is hilarious. A lot of the you know parents just crying with a glass of wine and a cake saying, please can we go back to school? Um, and some of the other people who are um, making funny anecdotes about what it's like to be on a Zoom call with 30 children and then they decide to prank you. They're my favourite ones. So have a look um, at some of the best ones and we'll put them on our Twitter. So if you've got anything, tweet us at non-contact time. Absolutely. And we're on Instagram as well. So if you've got any great images that you want to share, um, we're on there as at non-contact time as well. And if you've got a story that you want to share with us, you can direct message us through um, the social media platforms or email us at noncontacttime at gmail.com. Great. Well, thanks very much for listening and hopefully we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.